Welcome to the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to be educated, enlightened, and empowered for success in their business pursuits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Dallimore, and I am so thrilled that you've decided to join us today. I am super excited about this episode because we had the opportunity, Danielle and I, to sit down and interview Jeff Lerner. Now, if you're anything, if you know anything about online marketing or have been out in the online marketing space at all or starting your business and looking for some help on with online marketing, you have seen and heard of Jeff Lerner. He's an author. He's the creator of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. He's also created a program called Entra Institute to help all of us with our online marketing and to share how that's done from all the experiences that he's gained from just starting off with basically nothing and in debt to where he is now. And that's what Entra Institute is all about. And Jeff's going to explain more about that in our interview. Like I said, this was a great opportunity for us and we were thrilled that Jeff was willing to jump on our podcast and, and be a part of our show. And so we'll have more about Jeff and his story and history throughout the, the podcast. And we had so much to ask him that we had to break this podcast up into two different episodes. And Jeff was so gracious to join and be a part of that. And so if you want information about just how to be an entrepreneur, if you want in information about online marketing, and what, how, what that's all about. This episode and these next two episodes are for you. So get your pen and paper ready because Jeff is going to share a lot of golden information that you can use in your business. So let's get to it. The first part of our interview with Jeff Lerner. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. We are so excited that you're here, and, and Danielle and I are both very excited to have Jeff Lerner with us. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. It is my great pleasure. Would not uh, be anywhere else. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So what we're going to do, just to kind of give everybody a little background on this, is Jeff, we've got a lot to ask you. There's a lot of things that we want you to share with our listeners. You're a wealth of knowledge in your area of expertise and skills. Uh, and so what we've decided, we're going to break this up into two parts. I'm going to lead out on part one here. Danielle, who's sitting right next to me, she's going to lead out on part two. And so we're going to kind of take it that way. And just so our audience kind of understands what's going on, uh, that's going to be how it, how it kind of goes today. So Jeff, let's, let's dive into this real quickly. I think, you know, one of the things we first we want to start off with is people will see you online. Obviously, they're going to see your podcast, Millionaire Secrets. They're going to see Entra Institute. They're going to see that you're an author. So they see all this success that you've had. But let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about your story, kind of where you came from, your your experiences, how you got here. Because uh, I think a lot of times when we see people like you that are very successful, we forget about the challenges and struggles that they went through to get to where you're at. So can you kind of walk us through your entrepreneurial journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I'd be glad to. And, and I will say that uh, while others may forget, I never will. Um, <laughs> I, I, whatever I have, I earned, I, I will say that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was born, I was born, you know, into a, not, a very nice family. I was an only child, wonderful parents. They were successful. They were professionals. Um, they, they gave me a lot of 
raw materials and, and kind of, you know, mental equipment that I, that I has carried me through when literally there was nothing else to carry me through. You know, you've always got yourself to fall back on and, and, and I'm forever grateful and I take no credit for having a, a really great foundational set of resources to, to work from, but I definitely made it hard on myself. Um, I, I just, I don't know where it came from, but I had this very early sense that from doing the interviews that I've done, I, I have discovered I'm not alone in this. There are just some of us that we just don't resonate with the idea of being told what to do and signing up to trade our time for a paycheck and to do a task, to do someone else's bidding and help make someone else rich or, you know, whatever. Like it just never sat well with me. Even in school, I didn't, I love to learn. I was literally born a learner but I hated being told to, re to do homework. Like I will learn if I'm not being told to learn. If I'm being told to learn, I will do something else. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like problem with authority. I think I was literally branded problems with authority as a child. And so very early on, I, I realized I'm sort of a passenger in this vehicle that must go its own way. And that can either be good or bad. And I will try to make it good. And that's pretty much what I've been contending with my whole life. Um, I, I ended up dropping out of high school when I was uh, my junior year of high school. I had this, I'll, I'll give you the really fast version, but I basically had this epiphany slash divine experience that was like, Jeff, you will have to get a job someday if you don't figure out a marketable skill. So figure out a marketable skill. Yeah, it was like the voice of God, right? And you know, everything's so dramatic when you're a teenager. So I was like, okay, well, school holds no promise for me because school is just job training. And uh, so I dropped out in junior year um, and basically decided, okay, I'm a pretty good musician. I knew that I had some musical skills. And so I'm going to play the piano because of all the instruments I could learn, the piano is the easiest one to make money with right? Like you can just show up at somebody's house and play their piano or especially if you can learn to sing, you're like a one man band. You don't have to split the money with the bassist and the drummer and all that stuff. So I'm going to be a pianist as a very practical choice. And having dropped out of school, I basically spent the next three years practicing the piano eight or 10 hours a day. I was able to convince my parents, give me a few years to prove this out. And, and they were real pragmatic they're like look look if you want to drop out of school you know we don't want to we don't want to fight you to make you go to school you know you, you have a car you'll probably go somewhere else anyway but uh you're gonna have to make that if you make that bed you're gonna have to sleep in it and it's not going to be an easy bed the world is you know nowadays the world's not even that kind of people who don't go to college much less people who don't finish high school so I, uh, you know, stubborn as I was, I did that. And, and I took a couple of years and I just practiced like crazy. Within about a year, I was starting to get like very low level gigs. Get, I mean, gigs where they would pay you with like a plate of food. You play four <laughs> hours and they give you dinner. Um, but I realized like, okay, I, I can do this. And I just, I, I sort of, I don't know that I loved it. I mean, I did love it, but more than anything, I loved like this, this like, conquistador spirit of like, I'm going my own way. I'm traveling the road less, the, the road less traveled. Right. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm proving, proving that it can be done and that I'm not just a, a, a you know, an, an anomaly that never should have been right. There is a path for me. So I, I just plowed myself into this again, eight, 10 hours a day. And by, by 20, so I, I started at 17 by 20, I was a consistently working professional pianist 
which is a pretty fast, you know, three years to, to, to learn something that's pretty challenging. Um, but so, so that, did, that didn't just give me a, a way to make a living. It also gave me a, a pretty powerful sense of confidence and competence. Like, hey, I am a learner. I can commit, I mean, not just the name, but I can commit myself to something and develop proficiency even at things that most people say are really hard. And that probably more than anything is what I've fallen back on in hard times is that hard times require hard solutions, require great effort. And most people don't sustain great effort to do hard things because they don't actually believe in themselves to produce the outcome of success. I did because when I was a teenager, I learned an incredibly difficult thing, which is to play professional piano. And I was self-taught. So, so that's, that's really what I've had to bank on. Um, and that's, that's parlayed forward all through my twenties. I was a pianist. I had a really cool, uh, couple years in my mid 20s when I, I got booked into some private parties uh, for like I was literally playing piano in the homes of billionaires so guys that had uh, like for example this probably I'm, I shouldn't be too proud of this one but the CFO of Enron uh, <laughs> had me at his home um, you know I played uh, gosh Tillman Fertitta who has a show now called Billion Dollar Buyer I played in in his home. I played in the home of Jim, Jim and Francie Crane, who Jim Crane now owns the Houston Astros and uh, like just, and so the juxtaposition of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a working musician who never makes more than 40 grand a year. And I'm in my, my, my coterie, my, my environment is other musicians who kind of tend to be, you know, a little bit cynical and artsy to a fault and, oh, life is a struggle and, oh, let's go smoke some weed. And, and yet, I'm exposed to like billionaires and, and CEOs and titans of industry. And I realized how, how the juxtaposition of the two worlds, I was like, well, I want to be in that world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this one's hard. And, uh, and those guys did it too. Those, you know, I, I remember like meeting like T Boone Pickens, who was a great oil, um, you know, oil guy, oil field guy who would go out and punch a hole in the dirt and make $700 million because he hit an oil well. And um, guys like that, Bob McNair, who owned the Houston Texans, these were kind of like Ray Kroc types who had just failed and failed and ground it out and figured it out. And finally it clicked and boom, they had a billion dollars. So I saw, hey, kind of just like I did with the piano, you can also do that with business. And when you strike, it pays a lot better than piano. So I got really interested in starting businesses. And so all through my 20s, while I was playing piano, I was also, uh, I, I would say moonlighting, except it was during the day. The piano was at night. I was daylighting or whatever that would be, sunlighting, uh, starting businesses. And I, one after the other, I just failed and failed and failed and failed. But again, because I had been exposed to people who like, you know, Bob McNair had like an epic series of 15 failures before he started Cogeneration and made $3 billion. I was like, oh, well, failure. So now I had two things going for me. One, I knew I could learn hard things given enough time. And I knew that failure is not a reason to stop. In fact, it's often an indicator of progress because you learn something. That's it. I mean, that's why I have what I have. That's why I've been successful. It's, it's um, just those two things coupled together. And the nice thing about those two things is they're available to anyone, right? They're just perspectives. And so failure after failure after failure, I'll, I'll spare you all the, the details. But finally, when I was 28 years old, I had my most spectacular failure. 
which was built on a, on a pretty cool success, which is that at 26, 26, 27, something like that, I was able to walk, I was able to go into a, a major US franchiser who, or, who was a Canadian company that had just moved into the US and I convinced them, even though I had no business success, no experience running any sort of organization, to give me a master territory development license to open 10 franchise restaurants in Houston, Texas which like I was the least qualified guy in the world to do that. But I just, I always believed in myself so damn much. And then I was able to convince a bank to give me the loans to do it. And we got the first two stores open and then 2007, the great recession. So, you know, timing, timing's everything. And uh, yeah, within, within one year of opening those two stores, they were both closed down. I was $495,000 in debt between two bank loans, taxes, you know, unemployment taxes, it was a whole mirror. Oh, and, and land uh, lease. I had two five year leases that I still had four years left on. And my name was on the hook for everything. And I was toast, like I was dead in the water, no credit to my name, half a million dollars in debt, get evicted from my apartment. I was married at the time, my wife is pretty much done with me, we end up moving in with her parents, which is super awkward, because she's pretty much done with me. And they're not too keen on me either. And so I lock myself in their, in their spare bedroom. She's like, I'm going to go sleep in my old childhood bedroom. You stay in the guest room. So I go lock myself in the spare bedroom and I'm up, I'm up late at night, like how to make money on the internet. You know, I'm like typing it in and uh, you know, sure enough, I came across this course on affiliate marketing, which is just one, one way to build a business online, one of several. Um, and you know, I, I guess I tend to be a pretty quick study at a keyboard. It doesn't really matter if it's a piano keyboard or a computer keyboard. And I paid off half a million dollars in debt in 18 months. Uh, so, you know, they had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was making as much money every month or two as her dad made in a year. And I was holed up in the spare bedroom. And nobody knew what I was doing. And I'm just pecking away, making money. And finally, I kind of emerge as like, hey, our debt's paid. We can have any life we want. I, as long as I have a laptop, I can work from anywhere. Let's let's move. Let's live it up. Let's go live the life we should. And she, by then, she was like, "I don't want anything to do with you," <laughs> but I'm glad to know that you you have means because we'd really like you to move out. So <laughs> I <laughs> I ended up basically going out on my own at that point, and I've just been doing some form of you know generally digital marketing ever since. I've I've done a couple different things. I also do real estate now. You know, real estate's a lot easier to do when you have some money to play with. And um, yeah, that's basically been my journey. I guess that was 2009 is when that stuff really clicked. And so now here it is 12 years later, I haven't backed off. So you've really earned your stripes then is what you're saying. Just in your perseverance, your dedication to learning hard things and and understanding that failure and 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 falling flat on your face is oftentimes what's needed to get you back up and get going. And so let me let me ask you this because I, I think a lot of people wonder about this and, and you talk about this, you reference this and a lot of stuff you talk about about this mindset, this millionaire mindset of kind of how how millionaires maybe think or what it is, but maybe you've already addressed it kind of just with the hard work or anything. But what what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, what what is it about this mindset that that people need to understand? Well, you know, my initial sort of comprehension of what that actual term means millionaire mindset is uh, came from a book called secrets of the millionaire mind by uh, T Harvecker. And, you know, it basically talks about 
how rich people think. And, and he's, he very unapologetically uses the terms rich people and poor people. I don't know if that's as politically correct as saying like, you know, prosperity minded people and poverty minded people or however you want to skin it to be more palatable. But I mean, it's like, you know, these are, these are things I literally, I have them saved in my phone. I probably look at them every single day. Still, there's 17 of them. Things like, I love this one. Rich people play the money game to win. Poor people play the money game not to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rich people, I mean, there's a bunch of rich people associate with positive, successful people. Poor people associate with negative, unsuccessful people. Rich people are willing to promote themselves and their value. Like I'm not a natural born salesman. I'm actually an introvert, but I realized I have to be able and willing to self-promote, which by the way is I'm sure going to tie in with our digital marketing conversation, but like rich people put themselves out there and they are confident and they, they don't fake it till they make it, but they believe it until they see it is kind of how I think of it. And I just sort of adopted this way of being. And, and now it's, it's morphed into my own set of values that are the, my values are the values of my company, Entra. You know, we live by choice, not by chance. We strive for excellence in everything we do. We're obsessed with improvement. We practice thoughtful communication. How people feel when they interact with you ultimately has a lot more to, to determine your success than, you know, how impressed they are. Uh, my favorite is we eagerly do hard things well. You know, I kind of reference that and so on. I have other values and, you know, it's stuff that like, they're just platitudes if you just hear them once. But, and I think that a lot of times what people, you know, people kind of delve into personal development. They sort of sample these, these um, aphorisms or these maxims or what, what do you call it? Mantras, like things you repeat to yourself and they just sample it. And they don't, they don't realize like, it's got to become the fiber of your brain, these thoughts, and you could, you could pick one. You could say like, I take daily disciplined action. And, and the, what, I remember having this conversation with myself is like, I have to think these thoughts more than I think all my other thoughts put together. Just think about how many thoughts we have in a day, right? And most of our thoughts are reactive thoughts. We see something on the news, we hear something from a friend, we see something on the street and we, we have kind of a reactive or responsive thought to an external stimulus. And most external stimulus is kind of negative. So for me to actually reprogram myself, I have to have more of these positive thoughts of which there are relatively few and they have to be sought out. And I have to inculcate them in mass to be greater in terms of my neural conditioning than all the negative thoughts that the world has to offer me. And what bottom line, what that means for me is when it comes to personal development, people just don't do enough because you have to do so much that you overwhelm the entire environment around you. And that's just more than most people are willing to do. But for me, I was a musician. I had time. Yeah. Well, and I, I like what you say, what you mentioned there, Jeff, you said something because I think a lot of people that may be even listening to this are like, well, I wasn't born that way or I'm not that kind of person or whatever. But you said something here and I hope people caught that is you said you reprogrammed yourself, you reprogram your thinking, your mind. And so I think that's so important for people to understand is is we always think all oh, millionaires are type A or they're this or they're that or people that are successful or this kind of person. When in reality, anybody, if they're willing to put in the work and think and be positive and, and go through these mantras or things that will get them to be successful can make it happen if they're willing to put in the effort. 
Yeah, I, I think that blaming stuff on our programming is, I, I don't want to say it's a cop out because I, I think it's, you know, ignorance isn't laziness. It's you don't know what you don't know, right? But so I think, you know, I, I encourage people to look at the human condition, look at their human experience and go, wait, am I how I was born? Well, no, we've all reprogrammed ourselves. I mean, as a perfect example, like selflessness you know, a giving reciprocal form of love, none of that is inherent to small children. Small children are me, 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 take, 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 right? At some point, we evolved, we reprogrammed ourselves. We realize if I go through life as a, you know, what's cute in a toddler is raging narcissism in a 20 something. So if I go through life that way, I'm not gonna get very far. So I have to fundamentally rewire myself and. As soon as you look at that and you go, oh, I've been reprogramming myself since birth. Why the heck should this be any different? Yeah, I agree. And it's something that I wanted to just reiterate that point because I think so many people just have that cop out of, well, that's just not me. I can't do that. And and your point is is spot on. And so I hope our listeners understand right. that. And what you're saying is, is there is a reprogramming. If you want to be successful, there's there's a there's a self reprogramming that you got to do a belief. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe that you can do it when everybody else is telling you, you can't. And why are you doing that? You got to be the one that says, I got this, I can do this. And here's why, and I'm going to go do it. And, and you may fall flat on your face. Like you did, Jeff, you, you referenced all the times you fell flat on your face and, and failed yet here you are very successful doing all this stuff. And so I, I hope our listeners understand that as Jeff shares, this is that it can, it can be done if you just believe and go forth and do it. So yeah, I think, I think one of the most powerful words in the language is yet. Just add the word yet to mm -hmm. all those statements. I can't do it yet. Yeah, I'm not that way yet. Changes a lot. Yeah, it does yeah. change a lot. It really does. Well, I wanted to, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here for this first segment of, of our discussion with you, Jeff. It's, it's just flown by here, but I, I want to ask you something because you've interviewed a lot of people. You've, yeah. you've, you've had the opportunity to sit down, uh, whether it's one-on-one -on -one in person or, or via Zoom like we're doing here, and to chat with them and to pick their brain, to understand how they became successful. And, and I, this may be unfair to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyways, if you could boil it down, the biggest takeaways or insights, two or three, maybe you got your five, I don't know, uh, from what you've gained as you've interviewed these successful people, what... What have they shared with you that you're just like, okay, yeah, this this is it. I mean, two or three, maybe four or five. What what do you got? What can you share with with your audience? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say off the cuff, you know, there there are a few things. I mean, I've I think today I I I did interview number one hundred and fifteen or whatever on the Millionaire Secrets Show. Which, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and, you know that's the thing is I was interviewing people when I was a twenty four year old playing in their house. I used to corner these billionaires and I had a notepad. And I, I mean, the reason I know Bob McNair's story is because I asked him his story. I was like, how did you do this? What did you do? Cause I'm sitting here playing in this, you know, $15 million mansion. And he's like, oh man, you don't know the half of it. He's like, I didn't even make any money until I was 43 years old or whatever. And, uh, and I was taking notes. So I've been interviewing people my whole life or my whole adult life, which by the way, there's a clue there. You're never, you're never, you never have it all. You never have all the information. You never have it all figured out. And, and, and again, the preponderance of 
of information and, and thought in your mind. You have to be so obsessed with positive thought and positive information and positive influences that it literally, I mean, just at a, at a majority level, it has to take up at least 51% of your time and your mind or else the negative is going to win. So, you know, I can probably say in the last 20 years, I know I'm not directly answering your question and I will, but in the last 20 years, probably 70 to 80% of all the conversation and thought that I've allowed myself has been from either, it has been very positive and as often as possible with people more successful than me. That's, that's a major commitment. But by the way, the easiest way to make that commitment isn't to go spend eight hours a day interviewing successful people. It's to cut all the negative people out of your life. You get a lot of addition by subtraction by just reducing the amount of negative input, right? Um, you know, you spend an hour a day working on personal development and only 30% a day talking to knuckleheads, you win. So, uh, so that's been a big thing. But it's, and, and, and because of all that, I can tell you there are a very few common threads. So it's, it's not that hard of a question to answer. One is... Um, the people that I have, I would say the really successful people that I've talked to um, tend to be very, very intolerant, pretty much what I just said, they're very intolerant, like ruthlessly intolerant of negative, of anything negative in their space. And they don't care, they'll offend you. They'll, they'll, they'll be rude. If, if that's what it takes to extricate themselves from, from a negative influence, They'll offend anyone and everyone because it's not worth it to them. What, think about what's the cost of allowing a, you know, a negative seed to get planted that can sprout. So, so that's one. Um, I would say they are pretty universally uh, very driven by kind of this super powerful vision of, of the world. Like, like this is how the world should be. And this is how I should be in the world. You know, I, I study a fair amount of psychology and, you know, when Freud originally came up with the superego, he used these two terms interchangeably, superego and ego ideal. They kind of meant the same thing. But as Freudian psychology evolved, they kind of have split where the superego is like this sublime self. But then there's this thing called the ego ideal. That's the idealized self. That's like this sort of heroic, um, amplified version of who I could possibly be. And everyone, not to get all, you know, too woo-woo here, but like everyone that I've met that's really successful, uh, it seems to be striving for this like almost like untouchable level of greatness in their own life. Um, and, and then, you know, I, so that's, that's, and I don't know if that's really ego driven or not, I, I tend to think it's not because the third thing that I would say is, and this is just a practical consideration. This isn't like, oh, I'm such a good person. This is just, oh, if I want to, if I want to be really successful, I have to offer the world a lot of value. My problems are the least important. Nobody's going to pay me to solve my problems. In fact, I'm, I'm the one person in the world that can't buy anything for myself, right? So they're very, very committed to delivering value and service and solving as many and as large of problems as possible for the rest of the world. And put those together, I don't know how you could not be successful over time. Yeah, no, and, and going back to your comment about the ego, I, I, as you were saying that, it's almost, 
maybe it's a little bit ego driven, but more so, I think it's just a strong belief that they of who they can be and what they can accomplish. And, and that just drives them, like you say, to be just to go get it because they believe it's like, well, this is where I see myself. This is where I see I fit and how I can make a difference in the world. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. No and matter what. Usually, I, and there's usually this one, this is maybe not the like prettiest part of the truth. There's usually an element. Uh, did you, did you guys happen to see uh, the Michael Jordan documentary that was out recently? I have not yet. I no. forget what it's called, but I, I binge watched it. I can't believe I don't remember what it's called, but he would like make up slights. He would be like, that guy insulted me, even though that guy didn't, that guy would never dare insult Michael Jordan. But in Michael Jordan's mind, he would tell himself a story. That guy slighted me. So I'm going to go out and score 50 points on him next game. And he would tell himself these stories. Now, I don't know that you have to be quite that, you know, out, out there with it, but Hey, has it, have any of us never been, dismissed or denigrated or insulted or, or put down or, or, or tried to have people compress us or keep us like, you just gotta, you kind of gotta like get excited and get a little mad about those things that yeah. everybody I talk to seems to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, no, I don't think so either. And I, I mean, those are some great insights and like, like, like you've said, you've, You've met and interviewed with a lot of people. And so we appreciate you being able to boil that down into like, two or three. Like, days. I'll tell you one thing that drove me, like those 18 months when I was paying uh -huh. off half a million dollars in debt with, with affiliate marketing. And by the way, there was, I was in a community of 40,000 people. There were 40,000 students learning in this affiliate marketing platform. I didn't know that at the time. But when I got into it, I knew there were a lot. I knew they were in 200 countries. So I, I knew there were thousands of members. And they had leaderboards that said, like, here's how much the top people are making because they would, they would submit their, their pay stubs, their checks or their commissions or whatever. And they would, they would log it. I figured out that I needed to be in the top five roughly to even be able to pay off my debt. And I hit the top five within six months. So out of 40,000 students doing something I'd never done before, I hit top five within six months. But I'll tell you one of the reasons I did it. A, my ex-wife's dad said to me, he said, you know, Jeff, it's not our fault that you were so arrogant. You thought you could start a restaurant with no experience. <laughs> wow. I've never forgotten it. To this day, if I meet him on the street, I, I probably, as much as I'd love to be a thoughtful communicator and a really, you know, be above it all, I'd probably be like, you know what? Honestly, man, you, I'm, I'm a little too arrogant for you. I don't know if we should talk. Like, <laughs> I just, oh, I hold on. To, and then another guy, an old friend of mine, who used to be my friend. He's not my friend anymore. I was sitting down with him having lunch and he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I think I'm going to become an internet marketer. And he's like, honestly, Jeff, that sounds kind of sleazy. I wouldn't say that to anyone. And, <laughs> and, and literally for the last 12 years, I've been showing those two people what it's all about. Yeah. That motivation. <laughs> wow. Jeff, that's, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I, I, there's so much more I want to ask you on these topics and, and different things. And, and there's so much that, um, that you've got to say. And so I, I guess the one thing, because we're kind of getting low on time here for this far, first part, what I'm going to tell people is if you want to hear more uh, about Jeff and, and the, the different people that he's met with, check out his podcast, Millionaire Secrets, because that's where you're going to find out more about these things that he's sharing, you're going to get insights about these individuals that, 
You know, as I've listened to some of them, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Wow. Okay. I can relate to what he's going through or she's going through and it, it's just awesome. So, so check that out. And so Jeff, thank you so much for this first part. We're going to end here because we had spent hours going through all this stuff. I love it, but, but we want to take some time and dive into the, the online marketing, that kind of thing that you're, you're an expert in and, and, and help our audience understand a little bit more about that. Danielle is going to take that part. So we're going to close this episode here. Thank you, Jeff, so much for that. We'll be back in just a few minutes and thank you everyone for listening. So catch Jeff on the next episode as we talk more about online marketing. Well, that concludes part one of our two-part interview with Jeff Lerner. Now, I know this went a little long, and I apologize. This episode ran over our 30 minutes that we like to hold it to. However, when you have someone like Jeff Lerner, and he's sitting down and he's sharing so many gems like he did about entrepreneurship, about his journey and what it took for him to be successful, boy, you're going to listen. And I hope this was a benefit to everyone that's listening or listened to this episode because it was a benefit to me it was a benefit to danielle i mean what we just appreciate jeff what he shared with us his experiences i mean my heck a high school dropout and now look at him look at where he is at isn't that that's just incredible so if you're telling me that you can't do it i'm pretty sure jeff's going to say yes you can it takes a mindset it takes rethinking it takes believing in yourself but you've got this go out and get it and so, again, I hope this episode was a benefit to you. Check out part two, which will be released tomorrow. And just so you know, we'll have all the links so that you can find out more about Jeff on his social media pages. We'll have links to those in our podcast show notes, as well as any of the other links and websites that Jeff mentions in our two episodes here. That wraps things up for this episode of our podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And again, we want to thank Jeff for being a part of this episode and the next one, which will be released tomorrow. You can find out more about us at Ascent101.com and by following us on our Facebook and Instagram pages, which we will have links in our podcast show notes. Now, if you have any questions for us or things you want us to talk about on our podcast, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to address those questions. Until next time, we wish you all the success possible on your entrepreneurial journey.